Podcast City Network. You are listening to The Rip Griffin Show. Make sure to subscribe to the show on all the major podcast platforms. Here's your host, Rip Griffin. Hey, what's going on, Astros Nation? Welcome to this very special edition of tonight's episode, World Series edition on the eve of the third time in five years that Astros are going to be in the Fall Classic. Tonight, we're going to be breaking down everything as what the Astros need to do to come away on top and be world champions again. Joining me tonight on this episode is Larry, the GM. Larry, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? How's everybody doing? We are in the World Series. We can't be doing too bad, Rip. Exactly. It's uh, We are on the eve of the World Series. It doesn't get any better than this. It's one of those things that... Uh, we got the Astros we, we got the, the infamous Correa jersey on, Rip. They're they're, uh, they're perfect in this jersey. So <laughs> I didn't. I'm just wearing just this, my you know standard orange you know a team issue uh, Astro shirt. So, but <laughs> uh, you know I'm excited. I'm ready for the series to kick off. It's going to be a great series because you've got two uh, of the teams that went at it in the late 1990s, early 2000s, back in the National League. It's going to be a great series. We'll kind of kick off everything and kind of talk about what is going to be in store for the Astros. And like I said, what they need to do to you know win another national t- uh, World Series title, national title. Well, uh, thinking about college a little bit too soon here. But um, anyways, one of the things I kind of want to jump on real quick before we get into uh, the the preview, World Series preview, is that uh, there's been an issue with the patches. The players are going to be having the patches on their hats, but there's going to be no patches on their jerseys. What do you think about that? Is that something that... Does it take away the feel of the World Series if there's no patch on the jersey? Uh, they can do whatever they want. Rip, we're gonna we're gonna be in the World Series. There's gonna be World Series emblems on the field. There's gonna be all the hoopla of the World Series. If there's no patch on their jersey, there's no patch on the jersey. Although I've heard, I I read somewhere on Twitter, there's patches in the store. So if you want a patch, you can go sew it on your own jersey. I, you know, I, I heard it was some sort of supply chain issue. So maybe they couldn't get yeah. the patches to the sewing company to put them on the jersey. I who who knows? Maybe maybe it's a, a way for MLB to make more money. I, I right. You know, they they can do whatever they want. Astro fans, we're we're in the World Series, and we'll talk about if they're going to win the World Series. But you know, hey, uh, I, I'm not going to let anything distract me from the good news of, of us being there. Absolutely. You know what? It didn't affect them in the AODS, didn't affect them in the ALCS with no patches. So, hey, we'll just keep it rolling in, into the World Series. So, But uh, that's just one of the things I kind of want to touch on real quick as we started tonight's episode. But uh, let's go ahead and dive into this World Series preview because, like I mentioned, it's got two teams that are former foes in the National League are squaring off for the first time into the, the World Series. This is going to be a great matchup, in my opinion. I think this is going to be two teams that are both hungry. You know, the Astros are are back in it for the third time in, in five seasons. The Braves haven't been in this uh, fall classic since 1999. So they are definitely, it's 22, 22 years now that they have been without an appearance in the World Series. So they are definitely going to be hungry as well. But... Let's go ahead and talk about the Astros. Let's 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 get this going. Let, let's see what the Astros need to do in order to to win this series. So, 
Now, you put up a bunch of stuff on your website uh, at LarryTheGM.com to kind of help guide the listeners as to what they can possibly expect in this episode, in this episode but also in this series as well. So we're going to go ahead and start diving into that. So yeah, where do you, where do so you want to start, Larry? So, folks, as you're listening to this, and if, if when we get folks that join in, uh, my guidance to everybody is to go to the website and actually pull up the the uh, World Series scouting report um, on LarryGM.com, and and it, what we'll talk about will make a lot more sense. So, the first thing I did is just lay out what I expect the pitching matches to be. Now, there's been even some discussion like Garcia's taking batting practice. So why would that happen unless he's being moved to game three? I don't think that's going to happen. And we'll talk about a, a reason why in, in just a minute with the next table. But I, I think they're just going to lay it out like like uh, Astros are going to lay it out here. What I don't know that they're going to do in game four is if they're going to use Grinky as an opener again or if they're going to just go straight order Rizzi for, you know, four or five innings. Um, yeah, I, you know, Grinky's – Granky would be an interesting option um, as an opener and maybe get two innings out of him and he'll get in that bat. You know, Granky will love being able to bat. So, uh, you know, I think, I think that's a possibility. My personal view is I, I would start, I would open with Granky and then Odorizzi take the bulk. And then by that, hopefully if you get through that, you're in, you're in the fifth or sixth inning and, and then you turn it over to bullpen. I expect the bullpen, is going to get some heavy usage, mainly because I don't expect your Kitty or Garcia necessarily to last, you know, past five innings. Um, some of that from an offensive standpoint, they're not going to want those pitchers to bat. Um, but, you know, also I think there's going to be some close games here. So, um, right. so on the, on the Braves side, let's, let's talk about who, who the Braves pitchers are for people that don't know. Uh, Charlie Morton, Max Fried. Uh, Ian Anderson and Drew Smiley. I think some of us should, should be familiar with Drew Smiley, right? Because I think he was here a few years ago. Um, maybe I'm wrong and, about that, but, um, but you know, definitely can't forget. You know, you know, Astros fans are familiar with Charlie Morton as well. Yeah, everybody knows Charlie Morton, right? <laughs> so, so hey, the, the those guys, and we'll get into some of the stats. They're, they're really good, um, and but but they can be got. So uh, that's that's what, but. First table is just laying out who, what, what I expect the pitching lineups to be. As we get deeper and deeper into this, the, the reason for starting with this basic information will become pretty more clear, much more clear. So let's go to the next table, um, Rip. And, and, and so here, and you may want to go full screen on this, Rip. The, the thing here is we're really going, we're looking at the home away uh, stats for the, the various Astros pitchers. You see Garcia. And I think this is pretty well known. Garcia has been very much better at home than than he is away, so that's why I suspect Garcia is going to get the game two and the game six start both be at home. Um, and and it, it just I think it plays out that way. So yeah. Um, and you see the other pitchers and how they do at home and away, and 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 a little bit about their Woba heat maps. So let's talk about heat maps before we get into a bunch of the other tables where. It, Red is always good on the Larry to GM heat map, and blue is always bad. So, um, so if uh, if somebody's doing doing well in that category, uh, or the statistic is uh, they're 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 performing well, that that will be red, 
and the bluer something is, the the more vulnerable or, or the worse they're doing in that category. Right. All right, let's go. So that's kind of some basics to start off. So the next the next table really just shows um, where where we're at from a pitching standpoint. I I don't think that the pitching staff is going to change. You know, we got the news, the official news today, and uh, that Lance McCullers Jr. is out of the World Series. I didn't when I wrote this. I didn't expect he was going to be in the World Series. So you've got the pitching staff, basically the same pitching staff. Uh, the question is who starts Game Four. In my view, I think it. I think it'll be Grinky, but I, I can see the Astros choosing to go with uh, with Order Rizzi out of the box. So you see the statistics there for for the Astros. One of the things I wrote in this article, I really want to emphasize with folks because. Now, Rip, I've kind of isolated myself from too much uh, MLB Network and and a lot of some of the other um, talking heads because I've, I've just gotten to the point where I get so tired of them gaslighting negativity about my Astros. So um, there, there's going to be a lot of talk about how hot and how great the Braves have been in the last two weeks. And and they have been. They, they beat the Dodgers, right? But the Dodgers were not 120 six win team that played the, the Braves. They had, I think I, I tweeted out, they had a $178 million of payroll that was unavailable to them in game six, 178, right. which is, which is more than all but five teams, total payrolls. So that team was a shell of itself by the time they got down to the end of the NLCS. And so I congratulate the Braves, but, one of the things I show in in on on the website, if you go to the next one here, Rip, I show what the statistics have been in the postseason. So, so for the Astros, you know, you you get the number of innings each one of the pitchers have pitched, who's pitched well, and and you know, I, we all know that Garcia struggled in his first game, Rinky struggled in his game, uh, and you know, so a couple of relievers struggled, but the rest of the staff. Really has done. Oh, I guess Odorizzi, Odorizzi, Grinky, and Garcia struggled. They got bombed in the, in the early games, right? But right, the rest of the the, the starter, uh, you know, Valdez had the great start. Um, Garcia did have the great start as well. Uh, Javier has been nails, right? For, yeah. for the Astros, uh, Presley, Graveman. Um, Stanek and and Taylor all been well, but here's the thing: I I think we have to be careful about statistical significance because you can just do what I just did and said these players are hot, these players are cold, and I don't think it's going to matter by tomorrow what they did in the ALCS. I really don't. I mean, I, there's probably some psychological benefit of, of feeling good about what you've done so far in the postseason, but baseball is is, is a I like to I like to say. It's a game of failure, right? And so right. You're, you're you're constantly dealing with failure, and and so uh, the, in fact, the best players are those that are able to bounce back from that failure. So that I I just I suspect the World Series is going to be a set of data on its own, and I think it's most important to really kind of look at that column that I highlighted there, the the combined ERA <laughs> of the pitchers, because I think that gives you a better flavor of you know okay we, we've got. We've gotten a sample size, which is about a tenth of the number of innings they've, these guys have pitched in general uh, right. in the season. 
how did that affect their overall status? And and in most cases, it didn't really change the narrative of these pitchers very much. And I think that's the way to really understand understand it. And I did that for our pitchers. I did that for the Braves pitchers. And I did it for both sides offensively. So that's what these tables are, just so you can see where that what what they've done so far in the postseason and how that plays into maybe a, a combined statistical analysis for for the right. season. Going forward, I just use their regular season stats because, honestly, I don't know how to get some of these advanced metrics I called up um, for for combined for combined data. So I just use the the regular season stats. Yeah, it's it's definitely good to see Luis Garcia breaking his ERA down mm-hmm. after you know that game one or game two, right. excuse me, in the ALCS where he, he kind of I think he was in the twenties, but. Uh, <laughs> But now he's he's back under ten, which which is good. I mean, he had a good good outing in Game Six of the ALCS, so it's good to see him down. Of course, Jose Urquidy, you know, and Jacob Rizzi really was kind of at a disadvantage right. coming in. You basically uh, thrown to the wolves, right? Basically, yeah. That's I mean that that's the the best way to put it is yeah he was thrown out there to uh, and you know he he did the best he could in, in that game. So yeah. But uh, definitely good to see uh, the starting pitching kind of uh, kind of hone in their ERA there. Right. So I think that what's interesting, Rip, is, is, is let's get into understanding who the Braves are, right? Because I think right. most Astros fans should know the Astros pitchers. But here's the Braves pitching staff. And you, and you see a lot of red on here, right? The, their staff is really good. But <laughs> what's interesting about this, if you compare the red versus red, some of the shades of red for the Astros are deeper red. But right. but we've got pitchers like Graveman that are just incredible versus, versus uh, keep going back one more, uh, versus um, right-handed hitters. Right-handed, yeah. That's that column right there. Graveman is is one of the best in the entire league versus right-handed hitters, but he's not really that good versus left-handed hitters. And that has lots of consequences that play out during a game that people don't understand that. So, but go look at now let's go to the Brave staff. They're they're good both ways, but they're not they're, they're not excellent both ways, right? They in fact right. a lot of these pitchers have reverse splits, meaning Charlie Morton there is 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 better versus a left-hander than he is versus a right-hander. And that has some somewhat to do with the pitches he throws, right? And and but you go down this list, I think every starter has a reverse split, uh, which is it, it's just fascinating to me as an Astros fan because I've been dealing with the Astros platoon splits um and all their all their pitchers. A lot of and, and it also explains why in ALC uh, NLCS game six Seneca was not afraid to throw his lefty relievers out there and, and pull. Um, I, I guess he pulled Jackson, if I remember right, pulled pulled Jackson out and put Machik Machik in. And I'm like, what yeah. the heck is he doing? They got nothing but righties coming up. And he's like, I don't care. My Matt, Tyler Machik's great against lefty, great against righty hitters. And there you see it right there. It's like, oh my gosh, he's better than he's better than, than Luke Jackson. Now, this is something that's hard for me looking at the the Astros statistics. Our lefties are good against lefties. Our righties are great against righties. And only Presley is able to go great against both, right? And so right. We, have to, we have to play a lot more uh, carefully through through the matchups than, than I think uh, the Braves do. And so 
uh, one thing to learn about this is like, hey, this is this is going to be this is going to be an interesting um, interesting series because when they bring when they bring a reliever in, don't don't fall back to that 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 uh, okay, well it's a lefty versus lefty setup set here. I think you, what you got to do, and if I get some time, but as the series goes on, I'll expand the tables I had at the end of this article and I'll, I'll do the same for the relief pitchers. So maybe we can understand their pitch, their pitch selection versus the Astros hitters. And maybe you'll, we'll understand more of that. The right. other thing is here, a couple things. So uh, the Braves, you only use 12 pitchers in the NL, NLDS. I've put uh, three pitchers that are eligible. I don't, I, I don't, Think they're going to bring Richard Rodriguez back? Richard Rodriguez is the is the pitcher they traded for from the Pirates, and he and it, it, this is his full season statistics here, which are are pretty good. But he he hasn't really his FIPS been pretty bad for the Braves, and he, he's been has a, has a I think he's had a walk pro, walking problem. Um, yeah, people on base. So uh, now, he he was one that was possibly the Astros might have been right. looking at at one point. Correct. So it's just interesting to see see how the you know he's not even he wasn't even on their NLDS roster, which they they chose to bring in a rookie Dylan Lee and of course Dylan's only got two innings here so this this is a really insignificant, um, but so that this is this is the brave staff, it, I would say it's good not great I expect the Astros are going to terrorize Drew Smiley, um, and. And I think that the game four is just going to be an absolute slugfest. So, it, in, in some ways, people want to ask, if people want to ask me about who's starting for the Astros, like, okay, well, it's probably going to be cranky opening or or order is he? But I don't right. think it's going to matter because that may be a, a fifteen to twelve game. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> another another uh, game five from from two thousand seventeen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's going to be hard. So let's talk um, about. Overall, the Braves o- o- staff overall ERA was three point eight nine versus the Astros three point seven eight. So there's a slight slight advantage uh, of the overall regular season stats for the Astros. Not very much. I mean, these are like back to back staffs in the, in the listing. Now, but also consider that the Braves were in the National League, so there's a there's about a point one to point two ERA advantage for being in the National League right. versus the American League. Now the Braves' postseason RA is three point four one compared to the Astros' four point five zero, and we all know the Astros were just you know ham- hammered in a couple of games in Boston. So um, you know the, that that ballooned their ERA. So you know the Braves' staff is good. I would say it's good, but but you know I think it's it's really very very close to the Astros' staff. So what do you think about Max Free? Because he struggled. Was it his last outing, which was yeah. game five, I think, with the Dodgers? He struggled a little bit. Do you think he might be maybe having some arm fatigue? Maybe he was just off that day, but I'm not sure what his bounce back rate is from, from one bad outing to the next. So that's yeah, something I mean, to consider ER, as well. ERA, his ERA there would tell you he, he's pretty good, right? In fact, you know, yeah. arguably, arguably better than than Morton. So uh I think I think he is their their ace. It's just the way the 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 timing is putting putting Morton in game one. Uh I so I I think when I I 
I caution everybody to bait to to we're able to understand how good the Astros pitching is because we've seen them all year. Right. And right. I don't have that background with all the Braves pitching. So I'm just going to say Max Freed looks like a pretty darn good pitcher. And it looks like he's going to be really hard against the righties. So, and this is a theme that make, make sure I get to as we get later on in this, this series is going to be from an Astros hitter standpoint. The lefties, the lefties are the key against right. their starting pitching. And you already kind of see it here. Max Reed, 304, Woba versus left-handed hitters. If people don't know, an average Woba was about 315, 314. And so he's basically average against left-handed hitters. And we've got right. some great left-handed hitters. So Kyle Tucker, Michael Brantley. <laughs> And, yeah. and Jordan Alvarez, right? So Jordan, definitely can't forget Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and, and I, I would love to see Castro uh, against um, an Ian Anderson game, just just because I, we'll get into it. But I, I just think he's he's going to terrorize Ian Anderson. So, um, so that you know, this staff is really really good. Um, but they're but you know, interesting enough as I went through this and. And I don't, I don't know the players nearly like I know the Astros players, right? I'm like right. Jesse Chavez is the one I'm scared about. Like, look at this, look at this. Yeah, you know, he he's he's the deepest red of any of them, and he's good both ways. And his ERA is two point one four. His fifth the lowest on the staff. Like, oh my gosh, when Jesse Chavez comes in, I'm not, I don't want to watch that inning because it, it's probably gonna be, you know, strikeout <laughs> city or or no runs that inning. So. Uh, I think also what Seneca used a lot of this staff pretty heavily during, during their series. So they're not afraid to go to this bullpen and it's a really good, I mean, it's a really good bullpen. And so um, that's the way it looks like. So we can look at their postseason stats, but again, sample sizes, I don't know that it tells us much. Next table there. Rip. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So, they, you know, they, as I said, they have, they've pitched pretty well. Um, you can see again, one of the things interesting here is look at the, the look how much they have relied upon their top three pitchers, right? Drew yeah. Smiley's only, I guess, I don't know if that's one game or two. I, I thought about putting games in this table, so it would help me, but, um, <laughs> you know, Drew Smiley's not done much for them. Um, and, and, um, you see the reliance on a lot of their bullpen and the one's interesting, Jacob Webb. They haven't, they've been afraid to use Jacob Webb and he's been with good measure. He's, he's, he's done pretty poorly. Um, right. And so they've got Chris Martin here. They've gone to two innings with him. And this is over both the, the DS and the CS, right? So they've been really relying on the top three starting pitchers. Then Will Smith, Luke Jackson, Tyler Machick, and AJ Minter, basically the guys you saw in the last two games, that's the guys they've been relying on. Um, and you know, and, and Luke Jackson, he didn't even make it out of that, yeah, that one inning where they actually had to bring in Tyler Matzik because right. he just was struggling so much. And you know, maybe he's not been good. Yeah, it's the lefties. They're lefties out of the bullpen are, are the ones that have been. I mean, look at the table. Like Will yeah. Smith, Tyler Matzik. AJ Minter in the bullpen, those are the ones that have been, they've relied on their lefties uh, in the bullpen. And it, 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 it's kind of a hard concept for Astros fans to really get hold of yeah. that. 
that's who they are. That's that's what they've done, and they're good both 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 ways. Yeah, surprisingly, they haven't gone too much to Chris Martin in that in LCS, which was. I think he was kind of one of their. Uh, I mean, of course, he's one of their their, their good bid uh, middle relievers, but they didn't really go to him too much. So yeah, wasn't he good last year? I mean, yeah, he was the game season. So I, you know, I thought didn't they trade for him last year? They did. They came to Rangers. So yes. So and so that I mean that's the staff and and you may think oh my gosh there's, there's no way the Astros are going to beat that well look, look, hang on we'll, we'll get to the Astros <laughs> we're not let's there yet how good the Astros are okay? <laughs> okay let's do let's do the same game we did before and you're going to want to try to blow the people if you if you're looking online you're 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 going to struggle to see this but we're, what what Larry there Jim likes to do here is go uh Matchup, matchup. So I did game one starter, game two starter. Game, you know, compared them, rated. I did it like in a on a boxing round score kind of thing. <laughs> um, and and really, what it says as good as when I mean, we just talked about the great Atlanta bullpen. Right. Um, Tyler Magic's an advantage over Stanek, but I still think Presley and Graveman are advantage for the Astros. Uh, I think uh, Rayleigh and Webb are are neck and neck mentors a little bit of advantage Chavez is a huge advantage I think so the, the two so I don't really see or maybe I don't understand what they're doing and maybe this is where they'll bring you know what uh uh a Richard Rodriguez or a Tuki Tucson and or Spencer Strider I don't see where their long relief comes in I, I just think they don't even like they don't think they need it with their starters and their bullpen right but I mean, look. I mean, basically, we got Christian Javier. They got Chris Martin, who they've only—they're only. We just talked about. They only had two innings of Chris Martin, and so far in the postseason, we've got Zach Greinke, and they've got a rookie. I mean, you—you one of the two polar opposites of these two teams. It's Zach Greinke. <laughs> oh man! Right? And, and and they're using Dylan Lee, who's got two innings. To, to his. Wow. So I, uh, those are. I think there's a. I think there's a huge gulf in in the ability of these two teams. The man, if it turns into slugfest, I don't know what Atlanta's going to do. And and they only ride with twelve pitchers. I I think they're going to add a thirteenth. We'll see. I don't know which one it's going to be. And maybe it's not even one I had listed in the table. If not, I'll I'll adjust the table. But but uh, you know, to me, the starting matchups are just the. They're really, really close. You may say right. there you're, you know, you're giving the the Astros pitchers too much credit. Okay, maybe I am. I just know of our Astros pitchers, um, but it, it it's it's really close. And I think Drew Smiley is a, a, the weakest link in the of all the pitching uh, starting pitching. So, um, it, you know, you you do all the scoring, and it, this comes down to really, really close between the two pitching staffs. And right. And I give the Astros a little bit of advantage, and a lot of that just comes from the middle relief. And so how important is that middle relief? Well, it was really, really important in the LCS. So, I, you know, right. I, I don't know. You, it, it's one of those things we'll look back. Maybe we'll, we'll do the post-mortem on the World Series. Well, that middle relief didn't matter one bit. And that's why yeah. the Braves won. They, were just, they just rode their three starters to, to the, the World Series championship. Very possible. But but the, I think the point here is the pitching's really close, right? Any any questions about that? 
No, I mean, everything looks to be, like I said, in the open. It's going to be a very great, good, hard-fought series. I really think it's going to come down to, obviously, both teams are very electric when it comes to offense. We'll we'll kind of dive into that here in, in a little bit. But, I mean, as far as the, the pitching is concerned, uh, it seems to be very, very equally matched. It just kind of depends, you know, like you were saying, you know, what are the Astros are going to, what are they going to do against Drew Smiley? That's going to be kind of the key. What are the Astros going to do in game four? Is it either going to be Zach Grinke or Jake Odorizzi? Uh, Where does Christian Javier kind of come into this? Hopefully it's something that they don't have to use him too often because he's kind of like your um, emergency valve, right? We, we, we want, we, we want to be in a position that we we get to use Christian Javier, not a position where right. we have to use Christian Javier, right? There's exactly. A, there's a gigantic difference there. In the, in the ALCS, they basically had to rely on Christian Javier to get him through right. a couple games, right? And if if we get to choose where we use Christian Javier because we've got already gotten through two games and like, hey, let's put Christian Javier in game three uh, to help uh, bridge you, your feedy back to the back end of the bullpen. Hey, that might be a great spot, and we we you know, I think it's gonna be it, this series. Rip this series could be a sweep for either team, <laughs> right? Um, I you know we'll get to my official prediction for the end, but uh, you know, I, I think it's gonna be kind of like a freight train running down the tracks either, either way. Like game one is really important, and it's really important what what Valdez does against the Atlanta Atlanta City. Atlanta the bat, so we'll right. That. I, I yeah, I think it. You know what Framber does kind of will set the tone for the rest of the series as far as as the pitching staff is concerned. Really haven't touched on Jose Urquidy at all, but do you think hopefully he can have a bounce back because yeah, he struggled I, in that in that game three in Boston in the ALCS, and we, and Urquidy's always been a guy that's he's going to throw strikes, yeah, and. He really doesn't have a whole lot of that that really phases him. He just goes out and he pitches, and right. and that's what we need to see when he goes and and gets to his start, which looks like it'll probably set up like it was in the ALCS game three, which will be there in Atlanta. And Atlanta's a pretty a pretty rowdy, um, you know, fan base there at uh, you know Truist Park. So from what I've heard, I haven't I've never been there, but I've heard it, it gets pretty rowdy, but not like. Fenway Park job. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's definitely one we can definitely watch to see how he progresses. It kind of depends on, you know, how everything else kind of sets. Game one is obviously it's it's the table setter of the rest of the series. It, how the Astros fare against Charlie Morton. So, but uh, I, I think, you know, I think our pitching is there. It's going to be also comes down to Dusty Baker, how he yeah. manages this staff. And when he, he did very well, in my opinion, in the ALCS, as far Great. as the, the staff is concerned, he just needs to continue that onto this world series. And I, I think there will be success if he plays his cards, right? Right. So, uh, it, you know, obviously if we had McCullers, this would be a, a bigger advantage for the Astros. Um, right. But we don't, so, it is what it is, and I, let's call it even or near even um, as far as as the pitching goes. All right, let's let's remind everybody how great the Astros' offense is. Just so, just so 
remember I said red is good, right? And if it's blood red, it's really if I have to go to the white font for a cell because it's just so red that you can't even read read the part. <laughs> and it just tells you how good it is, right? And so you you see all the mountains of red on here. And and one thing I, re- I really want folks to, to dwell on is like how good it is both ways, um, you know, versus lefties versus righties. Look at Jordan Alvarez. It don't matter. It, it, Jordan Alvarez doesn't care who's pitching to him. He's just going to, he's going to rake. And, and Kyle Tucker, it, it, same way. I, as far as I'm concerned, we got to keep Jordan Alvarez in every single one of the games. Um, and that, we'll, we'll talk more about that. But, you know, games three, four, and five are in Atlanta where there's no DH. Um, how do we keep Jordan Alvarez in the lineup uh, in those games? Um, you know, we'll, I've got some theories how to do that. I, we got to have Alvarez and Tucker in the lineup every night. And, and this lineup, uh, I think, is, is going to do well against that. Again, very good. I, I'll say I think the Atlanta pitching staff is very good. I think the Astros hitters are great. And, right. And and so great beats very good. Um, I guess let's talk about one other thing. It, it looks like Jake Myers is probably going to stay on the roster. Um, really? Okay. He was working out today. And, and I, so here's – I don't think Jake Myers is going to play the field the entire series. But I think he's going to be a pinch hitter. I think he's remember in the National League games, there's going to be a lot of pinch hitters for the for the pitchers, right? And and right. Um, let, let's also pinch hit for Maldonado too, if we if we have a key spot. But that's I guess I'm just going to keep saying that until we do it. Jason Castro. Okay. <laughs> so, but but no, I mean, hey, real quick, I mean, Machete. He saved Game Six because mm-hmm. if he if he hadn't thrown out what was it, uh, Alex Verdugo, yeah, I mean that was yeah, kind so of the here, moment. Here's what I'll say about that rip. He he did exactly. We saw the value and the benefit of, of having Maldonado behind the plate. He did the one thing he really excels at. Now, right. who's to who's to say that that game isn't already a six to six to nothing game? Jason Castro is in the lineup and getting hits because you know uh, they also they also had Jason Castro in the middle of the rally, right? And that was yes. So, so you know, it's like okay, I hear you. We had we have Maldonado. Castro probably doesn't throw that runner out. Maybe they score two runs. Okay, okay, but you know. There's more than one way to win a game. You don't have to necessarily win every one. I don't think there's going to be a one nothing game in the in the World Series. So oh, no. Um, so I, 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 I think I think if well, I'll say it this way. I think if we're down, they're going to have to do some things creative to get Castro in the lineup in games, probably games three and five. Right. Um, so. Versus the righties, and we'll talk more about that. But, um, but you know, will they do it? They haven't done it yet. I, I guess I think Astros should be in games three and seven. Um, and and uh, will the Astros ever put Jason Castro as a starting catcher in game seven? Uh, <laughs> uh, only, if he, only if he does what I think he should do in game three. Okay. 
Right, exactly. So uh, th- this is this is the Astros lineup. It's great. If if you if if you you will tell your grandkids about this lineup, Rip, because you'll 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 harken back to the days where you got to watch Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Yuli Gurriel, and Alex Bregman in the infield together, and they're just going to be in awe that you got to see you know two or three Hall of Famers play together at the same time. It's like how how right. does that How's that possible, Grandpa Rip? You know, like, <laughs> you know, why were you so lucky as a baseball fan? That's the way right. we should think about this lineup, okay? The, right. This lineup is amazing, and Kyle Tucker is a budding superstar that the entire league is going to uh, just have to deal with for the next decade, and and it's just it's just incredible to see what happens. So I think yeah. they're going to keep. Back to the Myers thing. I think they'll keep Myers on the roster as a pinch hitter. I think they're going to use Siri in the outfield a couple times. But you know, let, let's let's jump to the next like of uh, or the next uh, thing because Siri hasn't done well in the postseason, guys. And and okay, the pr- part of the issue here is that you know how it's been okay. It's been eight plate appearances, but that's eight versus forty nine, right? So we we don't right. have a big sample size with Jose Siri, so we don't really know what kind of player Jose Siri really, really is. And so, um, so, but there's a couple of things Jose Siri does really, really well. And I think we'll talk about those before we're done. I think I started him at least in one game. Um, and, and I'll, I'll tell you why before we're done, but you know, Jordan Alvarez and, and Kyle Tucker are, are smoking hot. Yeah. What I'll say about this is when the statistics are are in line with the regular season performance. I mean, to me, Kyle Tucker is just continuing his season, right? He's had a 9.35 OPS in the postseason. Well, he had a he had a what was it? Um, 9.17 in the regular season. He he raised his OPS of one point over in the combined. So it's just like you know, right. these guys are just good. And 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 Alvarez is. Regular season was 877, and he's been so hot, he's raised it up to 907. So, you know, it, it it's consistent with what who they are, right? And, right. and Correa's been the same batter in the postseason he was in the regular season. Um, you know, basically a lot of the batters are basically what they've been in the regular season, um, with the exception of Brantley. And I think, I think we're going to find out at the end of the season that Brantley's hurt. Right. So... So uh, that's what's going on there. So um, there's your there's your Astros. Just in case you forgot, your Astros offense is great. <laughs> yes, that way. So uh, you kind of mentioned Jordan Alvarez as far as playing in the National League. So I I, I kind of want to touch on this because this is going to be something that's going to be that we're going to watch because. There is no DH in the National League. Obviously, we we know that. Maybe this might be the last season that, that, yeah. that you know, this is actually in place. So, games one and two obviously are in Houston. So, there's the DH, which means Jordan will either play in uh, left field or he'll DH. Now, the thing is, when they jump to and go to Atlanta, when the everything flips over, now, the dimensions at Truist Park have... I believe it hit, the left field is, I think, one of the deepest left fields in, in baseball, maybe top five. 
So there's a lot of room in that particular area of the field. Now, how would you kind of slot Jordan into the lineup? Because you still have Michael Brantley that can play left field and that could possibly cover that area. You still need Kyle Tucker in the lineup. You don't know what's going to happen in center field. So how does the outfield kind of take shape when the team and everything flips over to Atlanta? So this isn't one of the last tables in this, but let me, okay. I'll just summarize. Let's summarize here and then we'll, I'll explain how we get there before we're done. Okay. So there's my answer rip and there's the answer. I expect the Astros to do. Okay. Okay. I put your now risen left field and say all three games you're in left field. And the reason is nine Oh seven on this table. Okay. To me, it doesn't, it, it matters. He may cause the Astros to lose a run. His having his bat out of the lineup or, or two runs or even three, his having his bat out of the lineup is worth a lot more than that. And and just right. like just put him in. And 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 a part of the answer also has to be where do we sit at the end of two games? The two games in in Houston, if we're 0-2. Man, I'm throwing it on Alvarez in the outfield, and I, I just I'm not I'm not looking back. If we're yeah. up to zero, okay, maybe then you say, all right, let's not take any chances. Let's just you know keep it keep it calm and 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 figure it out. Jordan Alvarez is going to play the outfield in Atlanta. Right. The question is, is he going to play outfield one game, two games, or all three? I say he's going to play outfield all three. Okay. I think the Astros will have him play in the outfield two of the three. Um, and and I think they will have him sit in game five, um, partly because they're going to be worried about his knees. I'm worried about that too. But, um, you know, Alvarez hasn't been – he hasn't been a horrific outfielder. I mean, he hasn't been great, but he hasn't been horrific. So Right. I just I you know I just I'm just not willing to to give up the so Jordan Alvarez on my defensive table minus two defensive runs save now he hasn't doesn't have a lot of innings in there but just just so you know um, Solaris has got Solaris is just as bad in outfield bad defensively so what are the what are the Braves going to do about Soler because that he's going to be their DH in the American League. I guarantee, you know, I, I'm pretty sure of that. So, yeah. You know, so they they even, that, even um, though he hasn't, he hasn't played very much. He hasn't because, well, because he, because he's the national league and they can't play him because yeah, that's he's true. so bad defensively. <laughs> <laughs> so it's full circle, right? So, right. Um, that, that's, you know, so this, I, I believe that's what's going to happen, but it, the, the answer is a little more complicated than that. So, Let's let's press forward. I, I know we're this is probably going to feel long, folks, but let's talk about the Braves' offense. So, number one, before we do that, let me let me say this: your your Astros had a seven eighty four OPS in the regular season. And the Braves had a seven fifty four. Okay, just so we're clear, the Astros' offense significantly better than the Braves' offense. 30, 30 points of OPS is 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 significant. Okay, now in the postseason. 
your your Astros were even better than they were in the regular season. They've been seven ninety seven. Okay, but again, statistical significance is that really is that significant or not? And and the Braves are seven twenty five. So the gap between the two has been even more. And you say, right. well, wait, a minute, Larry, I've I always heard the Braves have been hot in the postseason. What what are you what are you talking about? Well, okay, we'll 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 we'll, we'll get there in a minute. But here's the Braves offense. Now there's there's some red, but Rip, is, would you say that this table is significantly less red than the Astros table? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and and I mean, you've got some, you got some, some pretty, you know, deep bright red here, but it's not, uh, not as near as what the Astros have. Right, and the Astros have deep red down six, right, and 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 here we've got three, three, maybe four players that are deep red and. And here, you know, and then we got one one lefty that's deep red uh, versus left-handed pitching that's deep red, and then you've got Freeman, Riley, and Duvall that are going to be a, a challenge back to back to back, right? And so, the other thing, the press is gonna is going gaga for for Eddie Rosario, and he's been <laughs> crazy hot, okay? Yeah. But the press was going absolutely insane for Kiki Hernandez after Game Three, right? And and okay, and so we gotta we gotta deal with sample size here. So Eddie Rosario may get may get fromberized in Game One and and do nothing in Game One, and right. his psychological. Um, it's psychological, uh, you know, feeling hot and advantage just might evaporate. Yeah, and and Brett's throwing in like, hey, he's gonna get, he's gonna cool off. Right. I completely agree. Eddie Rosario, Eddie Rosario was a ninety-eight WRC plus player during the season, which means he was average, average, over four hundred plate appearances. He's been great. Just Babe Ruthian. In 42 <laughs> late appearances in the postseason, which is the true Eddie Rosario was well, probably somewhere in between, right? But, but I'm I'm not expecting Eddie Rosario to to totally destroy the Astros. I just I, I just don't. And so if I'm wrong about that, I'm wrong. And and kudos to him for being able to dominate Astros pitching. I don't see it's going to happen. And the other thing, when I look at this table, I think we we talked about like this kind of stuff before the ALCS. <laughs> I see an opportunity for the lefty pitchers. Right. Like there there there's some like Rosario's not good against lefties. Duvall's not good against lefties. Uh Jock Peterson's not great against lefties. Uh even Austin Riley's not great against lefties. So I mean you've got you've got basically three or four near near average batters versus left-handed hitters and their bench isn't there's well there's no there's no um Castro ready to come off the bench and just destroy a a, a right-handed pitcher okay they're, they're just not um right. and so yes the, i think the the garcias and your Kitties are going to struggle with the top of the lineup this is why i think they're going to get through the lineup twice and they're not going to face the top of that lineup the third time just don't think it's going to happen. Another thing, you, you you might have to also imagine what the lineup looks like on the left. I'm giving you the right-handed batting order, the left-handed batting order. You see the that column there. 
a VO versus left-handed starting pitching. It's it's quite a bit different because they know right. what I just told you. Um, and so, you know, Freddie Freeman's been terrorizingly hot as well in in the NLCS, but he wasn't. If I remember right, he won great in the DS. So it's like, okay, which which I Freddie? Think, Freeman? I think you what O for. Didn't he uh, have like a, a yeah? He had a long slump, right? It was like a o for o for ten, o for twelve, maybe. I, yeah. I know it was a pretty significant because they were talking about it quite frequently throughout the media, MLB Network, and whatnot. So I know he struggled, and then he finally started to come alive there in the NLCS. Yeah, if you if you want to know who I'm most scared of, Rip, I'm I'm most scared of Freddie Freeman, right? He, yeah, like he's the best hitter in this lineup, and. Here's the thing I learned as I put this together. I didn't know Austin Riley was as good as he was this year. I did, I I didn't. Austin Riley had the best OPS on the team. I didn't know that. Uh, he, he's definitely come on this year. He he kind of started to show flashes of it last year, but this season he's definitely kicked it up. And especially, you know, those those walk offs in the against the Dodgers in the NLCS. I think it was Game One or Game Two when he walked it off. So he's been pretty consistent at the plate as far as coming in when you know that moment is needed so but uh he, he's definitely one of those up and rising stars there for the Braves so here's the here's the Braves regular season now let's go to the postseason and you're gonna you're gonna see somewhat of what the narratives you know okay so they've what's interesting despite the narratives like they've had three batters that have been just scorching hot and we keep hearing about these guys, Eddie Rosario, Freddie Freeman, and Jock Peterson. Those guys have been hot, hot, hot. Right. And Austin Riley's been good. You just mentioned, you know, where, where he got. But Dansby Swanson's been terrible. Travis Arnaud's been terrible. Um, Corey Soler's been pretty bad. Alan Duvall's been mediocre. And Ozzy Albies is in, like, you know, a slump from hell for him. Like, And so... Yeah, it just like they're they're not. So they've about half their team is there, and their bench has done nothing, nothing from the bench. Yeah. So they've got three guys that are really hot. We figure out a way how to get past those lefties. That's why I think Robert Valdez, from a pitching standpoint, if Robert Valdez gives us Robert Valdez in game game one and game five, uh, lights out because if if we can shut down their lefties in this lineup. Um, you know, I, I, I just think it bodes well for, for the rest of the rest of the series. So that that's who they've been in the postseason. But again, a small sample size. You know, I don't think Rosario is going to be the Rosario he's been in so far. And and you know, Freddie Freeman's the one. So Freddie Freeman feels a lot like Kyle Tucker in this table to me. And right, you know, right. He's been great. He's been great all season, and he's been great in the postseason. So there's no reason to believe that Freddie Freeman's going to be anything but great in the World Series. Right? That's the way I look at these things. But I don't think Eddie Rosario is going to be as great as he's been so far because he wasn't that great in the post- in regular season. That's the way I look at it. Uh, right. But I also don't expect Ozzy Albies to be as bad as he's been so far. I expect he's going to be a lot better, and I expect Austin Riley's going to be better than on average he's been so far, too. So, you know, um, I- I really think, you know, the Ashes will find something to limit the amount of success that Eddie Rosario has found. They did it with Kiki Hernandez, like we just talked about. 
But I really think that, especially maybe in the first two games or so, we're going to see this offense kind of be more uh, the lights. The lights of the World Series, the the sights, the sounds, the atmosphere is going to be pretty electric. I see these guys kind of getting a little bit... They're going to take it in, but it's going to be overwhelming for them at, at first. But once they kind of get comfortable, get settled in, then we'll may, you'll see things change up. But I, I think we're going to see the, the sights and sounds of the World Series kind of get to this team a little bit early, uh, especially in game one for sure. That's that's my my prediction at least. Well, well, let's let's get let's get up to nothing or or even three nothing before they even able to figure out they're in the World Series now, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I look at it. <laughs> let's jump all over them early, and then they're like, "Oh my gosh, this Astro Juggernaut is just terrible." All right, let's play let's play a matchup boxing matchup here. Uh, okay, so if you guys remember the ALCS, the 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 Boston. Boston lineup versus uh, the Astros. The Astros lineup, you know, it, it was it was a lot closer than than I think this is. The Astros lineup, I just there. I mean, I give I give uh, Freddie Freeman advantage in the three hole. Maybe that's a ten eight matchup, really. But Carlos Correa over Adam Duvall is huge. Uh, Kyle Tucker Jorge, Jorge uh, Soler is huge. Yuli Gurriel over Dansby Swanson is huge. Oh yeah. Uh, even McCormick over over uh Jock Peterson is an advantage Astros. Really, uh, you think you th- just given by how many I mean, Chaz really has, he's gotten in games, but I mean that's that's crazy. I mean, I, I like it. I mean, it's different. You know, everybody's all in, in Jocktober, but yeah. you know <laughs> that's why you got me. Doc <laughs> Peterson uh postseason, yeah, he's been he's been great, but he's a 740 combined overall hitter. Uh Chaz McCormick after a postseason of 707 is a 762 hitter. So he's better. I mean that that and and if you're just looking at the regular season stats, he's better. You look at the the WRC plus, he's better. So right. I just this is so this is comparing one versus one, two versus two, in the in the order in the batting order. Okay, and so we'll we'll go position by position here in a minute. But so so real quick, we we've got a special guest coming in uh, to the to the show tonight. You might recognize him. It's H Town Wheelhouse himself. Wheelhouse is coming in the, the master. Hey, buddy. Oh man, what's up, man? How's it going? Good. How are you? Man, doing good, Larry. I uh, I was I was interested in what you had going on because um, I popped in right when you said, "Well, the Braves aren't really that hot," and I was like, "Yes, yes." Finally, someone who is talking sense about the Braves. I know it, like you said, Eddie Rosario is hitting the cover off the ball, and good for him. Um, I think the Braves really kind of won the trade deadline, and so it's one of those things where. Um, They've got players that are overperforming their expectations, but they haven't met the buzzsaw that is Houston Astros, and I, I think the Astros have the advantage. Well, so H. Wheelhouse, here's the thing: you you go through this offense, and, and you, so based on when you said you came in, you know, you miss me gushing about the Houston Astros offense. <laughs> you know, right. the, the truth it's is, it's unbelievable. Our, it's, exactly. Our offense, 
we're going to tell our grandkids about the offense we've experienced the last five years. It's just, that's what, that's what it's going to be. And I just, I don't think we pause long enough to really realize it. We'll, we'll start feeling it if they lose, uh, Kat, uh lose Korea, but I don't want to talk about that today. And, no. and, but, Look at the reds on here. The reds in this every line in the Astros top six is red, um, and and they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do damage against this pitching staff, uh, against the Braves pitching staff. And I'll even show you more of why that is when we get to the pitching matchups in the later tables here. But that I just the the the, the comparison is one hundred seven to ninety six. Rip that that's a my 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 boxing scale that's a gigantic difference. So right. here's the thing. We just had we just had a guy, um, Dave from betonline.ag talking to us about the numbers and the line. And you know, the betting line is actually almost even. It's like minus it's minus one forty and plus one twenty, which is which is a almost like neck and neck line where the odds the odds getters right now are betting 57% on the Astros and 55% on the Braves. What I'm what I'm thinking is according to your numbers and your math, it seems like maybe the betters and maybe the bookie maybe the books are a little off to maybe push a more national narrative of two teams that are competitive versus one team that's dominant. Well, I so I, the way I, I started, know. the way I started the article is, 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 and I don't know that I developed it as enough in the article, but there's a recency bias that's terrible in in sports media. Like, whatever happened yesterday is going to happen today, and baseball just doesn't work that way. I mean, unless you're you're now and you rake every day, but um, you know, it, I just what happened last week. I, I just don't think – what happened against – let me say it this way. What happened against the the Dodgers, depleted Dodgers, I just don't think is that massive of, of, of an impact of what the, the, the Braves will do against the Houston National pitching staff, even without Lance McCullers. And, and I just I, – I, and and I think Framber Valdez is the most important pitcher in this whole World Series, right? The Astros. I mean, except on the lefties down. Do you think if Framber, um, Rip, and and Larry, do you think if Framber comes out game one and just just throwing nails and gets a victory and maybe comes back in game five or whatever and pitches and maybe goes two and zero? Oh, that he's easily your World Series MVP because of the lack of pitching performances that we've had. I, it could be, but but uh, that's not who I predict is going to be the MVP. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's that's definitely a possibility. I really think it's a batter that's going to terrorize the Braves, Brett. <laughs> and it, and you're going to love it when it happens. Okay. Yes, definitely. And you know, I, I really think your Framer is going to he's going to have to set set the trend for this rotation. And if he has a good outing in game one, hopefully we should see a domino effect with Garcia, Yurkiti, whoever's in game four, Grinky, Odorizzi, you know, if it's a piggyback system, I think that's going to be, you know, what they're going to feed off of is going to be Framber because of how he did in, in game five of the ALCS. So, so that's kind of... 
let's go to the next slide because this will be position by position. So we're going to do catchers, first baseman, second baseman. We'll do position by position. And you see, and I guess I've tried to be really, really fair. But let's just be honest. The difference between Kyle Tucker and Jock Peterson is I scored 10-7. I could have made it 10-6. I could have, you know, it, it, it's – it's the single biggest advantage in this entire series. And and to be fair to the Braves, I think their biggest advantage is the third base because Austin Riley's just been that good this year. Right. But but other than those, you, you've got advantages for I mean, maybe maybe DH should be ten seven as well, because um Jordan just that big. Now I guess maybe not because there's only four games that have a DH. But but the other spots are pretty close. You know, uh, Carlos is a big advantage over Dansby Swanson, but Dansby Swanson's a pretty good fielder. So, you know, maybe that gets mitigated a little bit. And we all know that Correa is a great fielder. But the other positions, really close, but right field, shortstop, DH um, are all big advantages for the Astros in this series. And I, you know, so and the bench guys, we, we, as much as we think about our bench, our, we got, we got players on our bench that, you know, we, we bring Jose Siri and most of the Astros fans are like, okay, good. Jose Siri's playing tonight. You know, it's like, wait, the, the, the Braves, the Braves don't have that. And, and, and so, uh, Guillermo Heredia is probably their best player off the bench, and I think Elizabeth Diaz is better than him. Mm. Um, Castro is a better backup than backup catcher by a mile. Um, and, and so it just, it, it's just, you know, and Jake Myers, I believe Jake Myers will, will play. Uh, I don't believe he'll field, but I believe he'll be able to get in and get some hits, maybe a pinch run. Uh, Jose Siria will pinch run, or I think he'll start at least one game. Um, so th- that's the way I think the series is going to play out. And, 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 you know, I think it's pretty, the, the, the offensive and fielding advantages for the Astros are pretty major. And so I put, so Rip last time, last time for the ALCS, you asked me for some defensive metrics. They're in yeah. there. You, you, your wish is my command, Rip. <laughs> so I, yes. I put them in there. I considered them as I did this analysis, but you know, um, you know, and we talked about Alvarez and Soler are pretty bad both defensively, right? And so <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting how close these teams are uh, on defensive, you know, defensive metrics. They both have good shortstops. They both have, you know, they just they're they're really really pretty similar defensively. Um, uh, so that's that's the way I would frame that. Yeah, it's going to be uh, you know. I'll, like I've, like I said in the open, it, these are two teams that, you know, this series can go either way. You know, like we had, you had, had talked about it, it. Oh, it, it could be a sweep. I mean, it could go in any direction. So that's, uh, that's what makes this series. I think one of, uh, it's going to be one of the best world series that we've seen, uh, in, in quite a while, to be honest, since 2017. So one of the things related to Alex Bregman, I think, and I don't, I don't know what you think about this, but I think having the, the three days off, it's is going to be big for him because he, he he felt like he was he was on gas a little bit during the, yeah. the ALCS, and so I think 
letting him get off his feet for for a couple of days, um, you know, continue. I'm sure he's swinging, but you know, I just just I think I think getting him a little bit of rest. I think that's going to be huge for Brantley, and I think it's going to be huge for Bregman. Um, and so, oh, absolutely. So let's go. So so I did something different here with the next tables. So so Ooh. I got on to uh, baseball um, savant. And okay, so this is a little bit. This is next level stuff, Rip. So for each starting, you're, you're up in the ante. You're up in. Yeah. You're up in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> spent a lot of time on these. Okay, and I'm pretty proud of them. Uh, so this is the table for Morton. Morton versus the Astros. Okay, so what does Morton throw? Morton throws thirty six percent four seam fastballs, nine percent cutter, fourteen percent sinkers, thirty seven percent curveballs, and five percent changeups. Each one of the numbers below that is how well those pitch, those batters did versus that kind of pitch. So let's okay. just do Altuve. Altuve has a 372, and I did expected Wobas on these these numbers because I think it, using the expected stats is probably better than using the raw stats because uh, it'll take into account some like whether that whether that hitch. Well, let me, a way to frame that it's like Tucker was batting very badly in the first in the month of April, but his expected batting expected wobbles were really high. And then because right. they could see by the content, by the, by the velocity exit velocity of his hits and stuff, they, they should have been doing better. That's, that's why I used to expected wobbles on these. And so again, um, I think an average woba is, is like three fifteen. Okay. So you can understand we we'll go over here. So you, so what you do is you just multiply the three seventy two by thirty six percent, the three fifty two by nine percent, the three fifty two by fourteen percent. You did the two thirty two by thirty seven percent and the point two six by five percent. So by the way, if you're the Braves, what are you pitching Jose Altuve? You're pitching him curveballs, right? Curveballs right. and changeups, and it, and you might sprinkle in something else, but you're you're sprinkling that in and try to surprise them, but you you should be throwing curveballs. So this is what with these tables, guys. You can really understand what you're what you're at. The, the, the Astros numbers here don't change for any one of these tables. They're they're basically so you get to learn like what are, what are your Astros batters hit well. So let's just jump down to Jose Siri. Notice now Jose Siri doesn't have a lot of data in here, so I don't think this is well. I know it's not statistically perfect, significant. But look at what Jose Siri does against changeups. That's insane. Like even if it's half of that, it's still really good. Eight forty-two, yeah. right? Half of that uh, is 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 insanely good. And so um, we'll come back to that when we get to when we get to one of the later pitchers here. So you understand what the pitcher throws. You understand what the Astros do against, batters do against those kinds of pitches. And you see here in Game One. Kyle Tucker leads the team with 420 OPS. Um, and then you see Brantley, 373. And you also see that Brantley's banging against a right-handed pitcher. So the numbers on the right are, are their, basically their platoon splat, splits. So Brantley, great against righties, pretty bad against lefties. So right-handed starter Morton with a predicted 373. Great platoon split. I say... Michael Brantley is our game one MVP. And for anybody that's been listening to what I've been saying about Michael Brantley, that'll be like 
shocking, right? And so, <laughs> you know, Brantley is going to lead the offense with a bunch of doubles in game one. You heard it here first, okay? That's, all right, so that's the way to use this data. And I think I, I'm going to have fun watching. I'm going to have these in my – well, I'm going to have these on my laptop during the game, and I'm going to see how it plays out. I'm going to watch pitch by pitch. What are they throwing? What are they throwing Jordan Alvarez? They better be throwing curveballs. <laughs> and they should be they should be throwing Alex Bregman sliders and and uh, well well Morton doesn't have a slider so they should be no throwing um, Bregman curveballs. Make a lot of curveballs out of Morton during the game. Um, and so let's go to the next picture. All right, so here's game two, Max Fried. You're going to see some commonalities here. So just based on what pitches these pitchers throw, you're going to see Kyle Tucker leading the team in a lot of these categories because he's just that good against the curveball, right? And then yeah. both the first two pitchers throw quite a bit of curveballs. And and you also see Correa do pretty, pretty well here. And, okay, it's the same. It's the same. There's a theme here, guys. It's Brantley, Alvarez, and Tucker. Brantley, Alvarez, and Tucker. Every single one of these tables because of what the Braves pitchers throw. And, okay, now we've got a left-handed pitcher in there, so I'm not expecting Michael Brantley is going to set the world on fire, even with this expected Woba being so high. But I look at Kyle Tucker doesn't care if you throw lefties or righties at him. Neither does Jordan Alvarez. And, and quite honestly, neither does Carlos Correa. Those three the middle of the lineup are going to terrorize Max Freed. And so I'm going to go with Carlos Correa versus the lefty in game two as your game two MVP. Carlos Correa takes Max Freed deep. You heard it here first. All right. I like it. All right. Game three. If these things happen, you got to, you got to come back and run the show rip and you got to pull, <laughs> you got to pull these sound bits. Larry, the GM told you these things were going to happen. All right. <clears throat> Here we go with Anderson. Anderson throws something that the first two guys didn't throw a lot of. He throws a lot of changeups. What did I say at the beginning? I said, look at Jose Siri versus the changeup. I suspect Jose Siri, I suspect the Astros will play Jose Siri in game three. Shockingly, I wouldn't. I would I would stay with Michael Brantley, Jose, uh, Jordan Alvarez, and Kyle Tucker in the outfield. But but game three, first game in Atlanta, they put Jose Siri in center field, and he rakes on Anderson and and just just terrorizes him. But look at Kyle Tucker again. Kyle Tucker, 415 expected Woba against a right-handed pitcher. Kyle Tucker's your game three MVP. He's going to do something brilliant in game three. Let's say he hits a triple and drives in two runs. And so Kyle Tucker is going to – Kyle Tucker has, has had a great game so far in every single one of these based on these these numbers. Right. And, and it's not going to stop. Go to the next one. Kyle Tucker in this table, 426. Kyle Tucker is going to terrorize Drew Smiley, even if he is a left-handed pitcher. Because Kyle Tucker just doesn't care. And it's just because Kyle Tucker does great against the 42% of curveballs that Drew Smiley throws. 
and he's also great against the fastball. Basically, I don't know what Drew Smiley's going to throw Kyle Tucker because he's got nothing he can throw that 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 that's going to work. Um, and so he probably just should walk Kyle Tucker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, Kyle Tucker will win the MVP in Game Four by his performance in Game Four. Let's call it. Let's call for the cycle, Rip. Let's okay. Just call, let's just call it here. You heard it here first. Kyle Tucker hits for the cycle in Game Four. Uh, off of Smiley and whoever they bring into the third or fourth inning because Smiley's already gone. Um, because Kyle Tucker just ruined his night in the first or second inning. <laughs> so to, that's, those are the stats. Now this table, I, you guys are probably going to need to go to the website to really read this. this. So I was asked on Twitter, like, what would you do? And I think you were basically asking Rip, like, what would I do about the National League lineup right and so right. I'm giving you my batting order and and I have Jordan Alvarez in every single one of the games batting fourth every single one of the games I don't care if he's a National League Park or not Jordan Alvarez uh, plays bats fourth in every every one of my lineups um, and and in the National League Parks I have Kyle Tucker playing center field in, in games three and five and I okay. have Chaz McCormick playing center field in game four, because you will remember Smiley's a lefty. And, and so I've just said, Hey, we're going to pull, we're going to pull Brantley out versus the lefty. Even with that expected Wobo of 374, we'll go with Chaz McCormick who has the platoon split versus the lefty. Um, and, and we'll play, have a better defense lineup for game four versus Smiley. But but I, I suspect it's going to be Kyle Tucker in center, Jordan Alvarez in left, and Michael Brantley in right. Now, you also see what I did here, and I don't expect the Astros to do it. I've got Kyle Tucker batting second. And they won't, but I'm just telling you that's what I would do. Because I believe right. Kyle Tucker is going to just carry this team. And everybody in all baseball media will have to realize how incredible Kyle Tucker is after the end of this World Series. Um, if he was batting yeah. second, he'd be driving in Jose Altuve every at-bat, basically. Or, right. Or somebody in every at-bat. Yeah, the, there's a reason why the Astros never wanted to trade Kyle Tucker. Yeah. So, the, and so, we're going to see why. Yeah, we're going to see why. And, and so, so the top of this is my is my my lineups. The bottom part of this is what I expect the Astros will do. So what do I think the Astros will do in game three? I believe they'll have Kyle Tucker in right. They'll have Jordan Alvarez in left. And they'll have Jose Siri because I told you about Anderson and his changeups. I believe they'll have Jose Siri in center. Um, and Michael Brantley will sit in that game. I believe they'll have Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez and Chaz McCormick in game four. So Michael Brantley is going to be a key pinch hitter off the bench in games three and four. Uh, he will play in game five. With Kyle Tucker, Michael Brantley will be left, Kyle Tucker in right, and Chaz McCormick in center, and then it'll be Jordan Alvarez that'll be coming off the bench. Now, I don't think they will actually do that in game five if they're down 4 0 or, or down 3 1, 1 3. I, I think they'll, they'll they'll do something that maybe they'll actually do the Larry to GM lineup in that in that case. But, um, you know, I just, if if they're up, Three one. That's what they'll do in Game Five. They'll they'll put they'll 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 worry about 
Jordan Alvarez's legs and they won't put him in left field. Right. So that's, uh, that's what I do with the lineups. Um, it's very, very interesting. In, in game three, you've got Jason Castro starting over Martin Maldonado. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble with all that on Twitter. Okay, yes, <laughs> I do. I have Jason Castro, as I said, when we went through it. I So can, can you go back to the Anderson table? Let's go back to the Anderson table. Look at Jason. this one. Yeah, Anderson. See, okay. Sorry, the name. So, the names of the top left corner. Maybe I needed to make that a little more clear, folks. But there's a starting pitcher, Anderson. Let's look. Look at the expected woba for for Jason Castro in this game. Three fifty-two. Right. Anderson's a right-handed pitcher, which we all know that Jason Castro has a massive advantage against, and so. Not only that, but look at look at what happens to Martin Maldonado against the fifty the the twenty one percent curveballs and the thirty one percent changeups that Anderson's going to pitch. He just is just abysmal at hitting. Well, Mar- Maldonado is abysmal at hitting anything other than a fastball or a cutter, basically, and 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 just really bad against any changeups, curveballs, or sliders. And right. so he's a two fifty four. He has a platoon split of two forty three. He he's just going to do nothing offensively in games three and seven if Anderson's pitching. Now, as soon as Anderson comes out of the game, it, you know if they go into putting a, put a lefty in and they want to pinch it for 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 uh, for Castro against the Castro. lefty, I, I could support that in a, in a close game because you want Maldonado versus a lefty. You know is 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 on par or Maldonado versus left-handed pitcher is better than Castro versus left-handed pitcher. But, but the right-handed starter Anderson, I just think there's absolutely no reason. Uh, okay. There's a reason everybody says he's so much better defensively, <laughs> but, but you know, uh, I would, I would have uh, Jason Castro getting on the same page with, with Maldonado and Jose or right now and say, okay, what would the game plan for game three be with Jose Urquidy? And let's just, let's let, let's turn Maldonado into what I, everybody says he is. And I, and I believe it, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a semi pitching coach out there. Uh, right. That's your spot. And let's, let's just, let's just talk about what your should be going, going in game three. And, and let's put Jason Castro in the starting lineup. That's what, that's what I would do. Okay. I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's not you know what it's not going to happen. But, we've seen, but yeah, uh, but it's it, it's definitely something to to at least think about and consider. I mean, Rip, look at my lineup for Game Seven. Yeah, I got both Jason Castro <laughs> and Jose Siri in the lineup for Game Seven. Uh, it, there's a, there's almost no chance in the world the Astros would actually do that. But that, I'm I'm telling you, that's the best matchup for that game. Right, because unless unless we get data that that says Jose Siri has dropped off dramatically against the changeup, um, you know, and I suspect the Astros have that. I mean, I I suspect the Astros have the ability to put Jose Siri against a pitching machine that throws changeups and see if he's really really that good or not. I don't, you know, or maybe they have a, you know, 
Frankie throwing him changeups or something. And they're like, how right. good is this guy really against a changeup? Is it is it just a mirage <laughs> so far? I don't know. But but that that's the way I that's the way I would do it. That's uh that's my answer to that question. You know, you asked me about one game and I'm giving you the answer for all seven. So Okay. There, there, well, there it is. Twitter. Yeah, Jordan Alvarez being uh playing left field in games three through five there in, in the National League Park. So Yeah. But yeah, I I, I don't think they'll do it, but that's what I would do. Uh, it's interesting to see what, the, what how everything kind of plays out going, uh, you know, when that time comes. There's still time for, for Dusty Baker and the Astros, James Click, front office, to kind of set that lineup and kind of play the matchups that they want from uh, from an analytical standpoint. So, right. All right, so all that being said, I think the Astros are going to win in five games. Okay. I, I – so, Rip, if you'll remember when when we we did the preview for the ALDS, yeah. I told you that I thought the Astros matchup with the White Sox might be the hardest matchup to have the entire way, right? And, and so I predicted that that series might go. I think I said seven, if I remember right. Then I then I said Boston in six. So I was wrong. The, the they won in six versus the White Sox. I was right versus Boston when I said they were winning six. Yes, congratulations, by the way. I, I didn't didn't actually get to congratulate you, but yes, you, you did predict it. I predicted seven in that series. So, so I'm going to uh, go with my theme. I went seven, six. Now it's going to be in five. Okay. And now, if we had played the Dodgers, I would have gone back and said, well, I – I would have to understand the health of the Dodgers. It's just $178 million of payroll unavailable for game, game six of the NLDS. I don't know. I don't know what the Dodgers were really going to be. In fact, I've, you know, I've read some things where Dodgers uh, media is like, yeah, we, we were, we were really hurting. So I don't know. I don't know, you know, how well they would have done in the world series against the Astros. So, right. Uh, so that, you know, that's uh there's your World Series uh, preview, uh, Rip Griffin show. The Astros win in five. Kyle Tucker is your World Series MVP, and the world will have to start treating King Tuck like he is the king that he is. Yes, 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 indeed. Because you know you we've for former first round pick back in 2015. He's Risen through the ranks through the minor league system, you know, was made his debut in 2018, uh, 2018 for just a little bit. Uh, then we saw him kind of blossom in 2019, and then of course what we saw in 2020 and 2021 as well. He he's definitely shown why he was a first round pick, and uh, you know, especially going up against a a Braves lineup that, uh, especially pitching wise, he can kind of mow through that, and he can. He'll battle. He'll 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 make these pitchers work. Uh, I think, but he's. I I still I still will say this again. He, he doesn't look like your prototypical power hitter, but as we saw in Game Six, he has the ability to go opposite field like it's nothing. And so, you know, I I, I like the I like the the Kyle Tucker pick for the uh, World Series World Series MVP. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup, you know, to uh, between these two teams. Like I mentioned, not that I. Want to continue to, to to kind of go back to that, but I mean, this is going to be a great series. I, I'm excited for it. You know, tomorrow night, 
uh, game one kicks off at, at Minute Maid Park. So uh, I'm excited for everything to kind of start to take place. And it's going to be a great World Series, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, this is the real. The and why why am I so confident in Kyle Tucker? Because the Braves starting pitchers love the they throw a lot of curveballs, and Kyle Tucker just feasts on curveballs. That's that's as simple yeah. as that. And he's right. great against fastballs. And that those are the two primary pitches that the the, the Braves staff in general starting pitchers to throw. And he just it's his, it's his time. It's kind of <laughs> I think that I think the entire team just needs to adopt that mantra. It, it's it's time, you know. It's, it's yes, it, it's it's Correa's time because you know, you know we'll, we'll talk about the off season when the off season gets here. But I mean that this, it's the Astros' time. Everything that this team has gone through from you know the 2019 to from the science thing scandal that when it broke, 2020 with no fans in the stands, so they didn't uh, you know get to hear all the jeers, the boos, whatnot. And then 2021 with the fans being back in the stands and, you know, the, the baseball world has not wanted them to succeed, has not wanted them to be in this position that they're in now, but they proved that they belong in this position. And it, it is time. It is time for them to show the world that you can boo us, you can jeer at us, you can mock us. But we're the ones holding up the commissioner's trophy at the end of the at the end of the season, and we're yeah, the so ones say, having having the parade in downtown Houston. There you go. So, Rip, I will say this: the Braves are going to be good for a long time. Oh yes, we're they're missing one of their their best players in, in Acuna, and if Acuna was there, this might be a different story. And yeah. So I expect to see the Braves and a lot of the deep, deep runs um, and for the next three to five years. And, and yeah. they're really good. And they've got, they've got several of those young players signed a really favorable contract. So they're mm-hmm. going to be able to get some, continue to get some pitching in. They've got a lot of pitching in the minor leagues as well. They're going to be really good for really long. The Astros are going to be, the Astros are in this kind of like, and we'll talk more about this in the offseason, but they're in this like churn from generation two to generation three is the way I described it in the in the in the dynasty articles. That right. it's it's now it's moving from the Correa Altuve team to the Tucker Alvarez team. Yep. And and that's not to say that we're gonna lose Altuve anytime soon. Altuve is gonna be Altuve is going to be in the same breath as Bagwell and BJ. We'll go Bagwell, BJ, Altuve, and we'll just that, that when we talk about the Mount Rushmore of Astros, it'll always be those three, and then we'll we'll have arguments who the number four is. Right. Um, and but but this team is going to start transitioning toward being thought of as Alvarez and Tucker as the keystone absolute all uh, superstars of the offense. Right. And a lot of the young pitching that we've, we, we've seen emerge, you know, Valdez is 27 and, 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 you know, Garcia and your and uh, Javier 24, 25. We're, those guys are going to be here for a while and they're going to get better and better 
and the major league baseball is going to have to do the, 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 the greatest gift that Luno gave this team. We may think of in the next like three years from now will be those four pitchers because right. they basically got those four pitchers for less than a million dollars. And those four pitchers could be four fifths of the starting rotation for the yep. next two or three years. And that, that's, that's insane. You want to talk about the Astros tanking and leading to their championships. You could, you could, you could have <laughs> made that case maybe for 2017. You can't make that case for 2021 and beyond. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Rip, there it is. That's the show. Come on. Go again, Astros. Let's go. Game one starts tomorrow night. Astros and Braves. Larry, great job. Love your insights. It's going to be a fun series no matter what the outcome is, but Astros will win. Uh, (laughs) Man, your prediction, I'm five games. I don't want to go against you, but go I'm going to say I'm going to say Astros in six. Okay. Well, Just, it would I be mean, more fun if they went in six because we could party at home, right? But exactly, that's that's what I want. I want it at home. So yeah, there we go. Plus, plus <laughs> I've had several friends tell me they got tickets for Game Six, so we got you know we got to give them for Game Six. But exactly, exactly. I, you know, I haven't wanted to break people's hearts to say I'm sorry. There won't be a Game Six, and then you know. <laughs> I mean, the sooner the better to wrap the series up, which is, you know, what we all want. Four, five, six, seven, we don't care. Just give us the damn trophy. Just, yeah, four wins is what we need to uh, hold up that commissioner's trophy again and have that that parade down in downtown Houston. But, uh, Larry, great job. I appreciate you coming on. A lot of great insight. Like I said, tomorrow, Astros, Braves, 7 o'clock on Fox. They're not a sponsor, but I just gave them an unofficial plug. But uh, but remember, you can find Larry at LarryTheGM.com, and you can read all his articles. Everything that you saw or, or heard on tonight's show is right there on his website. So, so that's hey, a, hey, if you read the article, you got questions, you can leave a comment for me either in Twitter at Larry, uh, at Larry the GM, or you can you can make a comment in the uh, in the comment space after the article, and and I'll respond to those as well. So there you have it, right there. Send Larry some questions; he'll answer everything that if you whatever you whatever you got, he'll answer it. So, well, that's it for this episode, guys. Remember, remember, the show is part of the Podcast City Network. You can go check out all the amazing shows at PodcastCity.net. If you have a voicemail, you want to call, leave a voicemail. There we go. You can always. Call the number at uh, 210-263-3253 for any of your baseball questions. So that's going to do it for this episode. Take care. Go Astros. World Series Game 1 starts tomorrow night. See you later.